Thank you for tuning in to our Restoration Life podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the message and share it out with your friends on social media. Can't wait for you to listen in next week. Ah, good morning, Restoration Life Church. Thank you so much, brother. Oh, man. Can we give God some praise in the house today? I am so honored and thrilled to be with you all this morning to be able to minister. I want to welcome everybody tuning in via YouTube. This is an exciting week for me. My favorite week of the year, football starts officially. So I'm happy. I got my spot on the couch reserved. It's going to have a nice butt crease by the end of the year. So I'm looking forward to that. Nah. Um, but this week is a great week for us here at Restoration Life. It's been too long since our men have been able to go and be away with each other, be able to grow and build bonds and build relationship with each other. And I'm so excited about our men's retreat. If you haven't registered yet, I encourage you to do so before it all fills up. We got a couple of spots left. I'm just looking forward to shooting somebody with a paintball gun. I need to get some stress out of me. So please sign up. I need some targets. I got my ghillie suit. I've been waiting. So looking forward to that. This Friday we take off and it's going to be an awesome time. Last week, if you missed, if you weren't here, um, as most of you do know, we were able to release our pastors onto their time of sabbatical and they're enjoying themselves. They're away. They're off the grid and living life. And it's been funny because he tried to text me on Monday. I was like, nah, can't talk to you. I'm just so thrilled that they're able to get this time of refreshment after 25 years of serving. Um, and again, this just, this, there's no secret to this. It's simply for their time of rest. That's it. It's not because they're going through hard times or they're facing burnout. It's, it's prehab before rehab. Some of us, we wait until we're falling completely apart. And then we're like, oh my God, I need to rest, but I can't rest. I don't know how. And you wait till you can't go anymore, and then it's too late, and then the rest doesn't have the impact that it should have had. And so we wanna release them first, go rest, and they'll come back fully on fire. And also last week we were able to release um, Elizabeth Gonzalez into our Kids Life director. Come on, make some noise. And that is a testimony of the culture of Restoration Life building leaders. What Pastor Eddie and Pastor Roxanne installed here as our culture of raising up disciples, trained up as leaders and releasing them into ministry, and also is testimony of your consistency of generosity, that we're able to expand our staff and bring somebody on. You know, that's what we want to be able to do. I see more roles that we want to fill within this church. There's a lot more needs in the church. And in order to do that, we have to be consistent in our generosity. Can we say amen? Today, we're going to continue on uh, the message where Pastor Eddie left off entitled Released in Power. Released in Power. If you go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, this is Jesus talking. He says to the disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for the opportunity to meet together again and draw closer to you through your word. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who set us free from our sin and also set us on a course to build your church. 
here upon the earth. Thank you for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that your signs, miracles, and wonders are still present to this very day. We ask today that we grow in wisdom according to your word. Let us cast aside our comfort and honor the commission. We'll give you all the honor, pra- honor and praise. And everyone said, amen. Thank you so much. You know, the, today's message is, is really not going to do justice to that word released as part of our pillars of our vision. You know, our vision is reach, restore, release. And today, I, I'm going to share this message. But when we talk about release, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that's something I can talk about to the end of the year. It's that deep. It's that important to us to see disciples raised up, trained as leaders, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. It means that much to us. And every person in this room is intended to become a disciple. The goal is not, hey, tell your friends so we can just make this place packed out. And that'd be cool. And then we build up our followers on YouTube. And then we build up our followers on Instagram. And everybody thinks Restoration Life is cool. That's not the goal. The goal is that we're able to consistently release families empowered by the Holy Spirit. Release, release, release. That it spreads out into all the world. That is the goal. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. It says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, that's the reach. That's Jesus saying, go and reach people. Right? We all in agreement with this? I, I love my first service. I know it's my distinguished service. You guys are focused. I respect this service because you guys are early people. You got up. You got the kids ready. And you got here. You look beautiful. It's okay to engage. All right, I'm just letting you know. You might be new here. Like, can I say something in here? You can say something in here. It's okay. Let's have some fun today. It says, go therefore, reach, and make disciples. And make disciples. Making disciples is not a quick fix. It's not just, hey, did you accept Jesus? Yes, you're a disciple. All right. I know we live in a time of instant gratification and we want things to be fast. Let me just say it the fastest way. You're not discipling somebody by posting a comment on Facebook. I just want everybody to know that. You are not discipling somebody because you reshared a picture on Instagram. That's not discipling. Discipling people takes time. Investing into someone's life. Showing them the ways of Christ. It says, and make disciples of all nations. Not just those who think like you. Those who look like you. Those in your age bracket. Those in your tax bracket. Those who agree with your politics, it says, no, all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end 
of the age, and that's where we see the release. We see the reach, we see the restore, we see the release, all part of what is now known as the Great Commission. Now, this was before the ascension. That means Jesus going up into heaven, you know, ascension, okay? Before the ascension, Jesus left this. Now, think about how important this must have been. Before I leave this earth, I spend all this time with these guys. This is the last thing I'm going to impart to them, and it's a commission. That's, that's very interesting that this is the last thing that Jesus left off with. Not, guys, give each other big hugs and make each other feel good and you know, make sure everyone's happy and smiling and full of joy. That's what I want you guys to do. Make sure you guys get together every week and, and yet you're happy together. That's not what he says. He says, go, go. For those who don't know, go is an action word. Go means do something. Take action. As you're going through life, do this. When Jesus spoke these words directly to his disciples, they were also indirectly to us. This was supposed to be something that continues on after his life, after the life of the original disciples and apostles, continuing to move forward as the church grew. This wasn't something like, oh, that was just for those guys to go. Not for me. No, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay and listen. No, it's go and preach the gospel. It was indirectly to us. He was giving and releasing the church with an executive order. We have to understand that Jesus wanted us to execute this order to the full extent. Not kinda. Not when you feel like it. Not when, you know, conditions are good. Not when it's convenient. But go, do this to the full extent. And the disciples, they took the Lord's command very seriously. Their message was so powerful and their witness was so effective, critics began to accuse them and come after them because it started to tear down all of these strongholds created to push Christ away from people. Let's look at the scene that happened with Paul speaking in the synagogue in Thessalonica, Acts 17, verses two through seven. It says, and Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures. Mind you, Paul was not with the other disciples. Paul came later. Paul had an encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus, very much like the encounter that we had with Christ on our own road to Damascus. So already we see that the Great Commission was not exclusive to the 12 original, but for all disciples. Amen. All right. We are making sure we see that. And Paul's talking to these, these Jewish people, and he says, explaining and proving that it is, was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, this Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. 
And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews were jealous. And taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob, set the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, these men have turned the world upside down, have come here also, and Jason has received them, and they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. This sound familiar? Kind of sounds like what's going on in the world right now. Not here in America, don't, don't fool yourself. You know I mean? We ain't on that level yet. <laughs> Americans love to play persecuted, you know, relax. But we see this happening in places like Afghanistan. We see this happening across Africa. We see this happening in China this very day. It's a matter of time before it begins to happen here. And you know, when we read these scriptures, we, we have this tendency to think, well, that was then. That, that was then. That, that, that commission was for them. It's not for me, it was for them. And what happens is, what was the great commission now becomes the great omission. We start releasing the responsibility of preaching the gospel to exclusive individuals and removing ourselves as part of the equation. Well, that's up to the pastor to preach. It's not, that's not for me. That's up to the prophet, to the evangelist, to that, to that influencer. Let, let them do it, not me. We cannot neglect the very last thing that Jesus left to his disciples. You gotta understand the importance of this, how he prioritized this. And see that in order for us to change the world, we have to adhere to the Great Commission. Listen, I know this wasn't the message you were expecting today. Like, Pastor Max, I came in today. Like, I had a rough week. Things are going on. Tell me something good. Tell me, tell me, tell me God, like, he, he loves me and that he's going to heal me and that he's going to restore me. Why are you in here challenging me today? Because souls are at stake. Souls are at stake. And each one of you is capable of preaching the gospel whether you believe it or not. I'm telling you, you can and you should. And if you trust the Holy Spirit, you will. Amen. What happens is in this common, in this modern day culture, instead of taking the gospel to the ends of the earth, honoring the command that Jesus Christ gave, what we've done is we've turned to, into these selfish Christians where we're like, well, I'm saved, I'm good. Everybody else gotta, you know, that's, that's up to them. That's, that's really what happened. I, I wanna read some stats to you. These are real stats. Listen to this. 95% of all Christians, that means 2.7 billion human beings on the planet, 95% of all Christians have never won a soul to Christ. 
80% of all Christians do not consistently witness for Christ. 80%. Less than 2% are involved in the ministry of evangelism. 71% do not give towards financing the Great Commission. How can we say that we're honoring the word of God, we're obedient to the word of God, we believe the word of God when we become hearers and we're not doers? What we've seen is the culture shifted and now church is a place for me to be spiritually entertained and not to take part. I'm, I'm just, I'm keeping it all the way 100 with you guys, I know. I, I see the eyes looking at me like, man, you being like just on one today. Like, come on, bro. But we have to get this right. We have to be done with this watered-down Christianity. We have to be done with this entertainment Christianity. We have to be done with this Christianity where we don't take part of it. Well, it's not me. It's just those guys. I can't do it. Look at my life, look at my background, look at my history, look at my, 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 my gifts and my abilities. See, you're looking at yourself by a worldly standard, not by God's eyes. I came from the same space that you are currently in. I used to sit right here in this pew, right over here. Long before I even stepped foot up on this stage, I sat right there. Every single Sunday, midweeks, I just watched and observed. And then one day, Pastor Eddie and Pastor Roxanne came to us and said, we think you can lead the youth. And I had my first Wednesday. What the heck am I going to say to these crazy teenagers? And mind you, I ain't like teenagers at all. This is like the height of skinny jeans and, you know, weird stuff. And I'm like, yo, what am I going to say? And all you can do is allow the Holy Spirit to minister through you. I remember the first Sunday I had to preach here after I became a pastor and I was ordained. I swear, I almost passed out walking up these steps. I'm like shaking and... I don't think I stopped walking for the full 40 minutes. I think I was just, you know, God loves you and you know, it's going good. How you guys doing over here? I'm like hyperventilating by the end of... Yeah. My Fitbit was broken, it was like numbers, like too many, man. Too many. What, I'm, what I want you to understand is sharing the gospel the first time is always going to be scary. Doing anything for the first time is usually nerve-wracking. Heck, we're afraid to go to a new restaurant. Like, ah, let's, let's check what Yelp has to say about it real quick. I'm not so sure. If I took you somewhere and I didn't let you check Yelp or check reviews, some of you guys would have a heart attack. You mean I don't get to know how this plays out? And that's what we fear when it comes to sharing the gospel. We're fearing the outcome. That is not our concern. It doesn't say when you preach the gospel, for sure they're going to accept you and love you and turn to Jesus. That there's nowhere promised to, you, to us. It just says go do it. So even if you're scared, do it scared. When we say we want to move the heart of Jesus, you know what moves God's heart more than anything? Acting in faith. 
God, I, I don't necessarily feel equipped for this. I don't feel I'm the one that should do this, but you're telling me to do it. I'm going to be obedient, and I'm going to step out in faith. That's what moves the heart of God. We cannot allow ourselves as a church to stop and just be satisfied with our own individual salvation. That is a selfish mentality where I'm only concerned about my salvation or my children's salvation. We have to have the heart of God. God sent his son so that not one should have to perish. But everybody will at least get the opportunity to know the love of Jesus. They cannot know the love of Jesus if the people who know Jesus do not carry it to them. Church, we have to stay passionate about being on mission. We have to be passionate about being on mission. We have to be passionate and just know like, God, you chose me in this time, in this era, to be your ambassador, to carry your banner. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity. You know what really started to affect us as the church? is when the Western church started to focus on being popular. When the Western church started to focus on being popular, we started to avoid ministering. Because if you ask most people, well, how come you won't share? Well, I don't want to make people feel weird. You know, I, I don't want to be any, any con conflicts or, you know, it, it, might, it might offend them. Woo. We're so worried about offense. I miss when you used to be offended and you just go on about your day. I'm like, oh, man, that sucked. And then, you know, next, next thing. And I was like, oh, I'm offended. Oh, my God. I got to take time off of work. I need to be, I need to go away. But in the church, we cannot allow that to become our excuse the reason why we're bothered by that is because we don't want to be disliked by anybody. That's the truth. I don't share the gospel because I don't want them to dislike me. Be honest with yourself. You're afraid to get kicked out of the cool circle. You're afraid that you're going to have to probably eat alone at lunch. You're afraid that you're not going to get invited to the party. But when you learn the true meaning of the gospel, you'll learn how to communicate it as to not destroy people, but to build people back up. And when it comes to the word of God, understand what the word was considered to. Paul could have wrote that the word of God is a big hug. It brings you in, it feels nice and warm, it's like a big blanket. Paul wrote that the word of God is a sword. It is a sword. It is what you are going to destroy enemy strongholds with. We have to have that mindset that when you speak, you are using a heavenly weapon to tear down strongholds. Anytime I use the weapon, people didn't necessarily feel good about it. I felt good about it. Do not be afraid to do what God has called you to do over the opinions of other people. After I got saved and I started 
to go on this journey. I, I was still in the military. I was trying to grow with God. I used to hang out at the, the smoke area on our breaks or our lunch, you know, chatting up with the guys. I was a pack a day smoker. I'm glad that part of my life was over. At least my clothes don't stink no more. And then came the day where I'm sitting in my car reading my Bible and I had, my grandmother gave me this massive Bible like this thick. It had like four Bibles in it, it was huge. So I couldn't even like be discreet. That was the only Bible I had. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the guys walk by my car. Yo, what are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm just, um, I'm, I'm reading this, this, this word. For real? Ah, all right. Some people just disregarded it in mind. Others come by, they got jokes. They're gonna mock me. Some come by, they're gonna insult. They're atheists, they don't believe. And then some guys, some guys come by and they have questions. And I remember not being able to answer. I remember that feeling inside of my heart, like, oh man, I, I definitely need to be able to answer some of these questions. And that put me on a journey to continue to grow in my understanding of the word, to get better at evangelizing. Your first time, yes, you're gonna suck at it. Can I say that in church? Okay. Your first time is not gonna be awesome. I know everybody out the gate wants to come out and be like the best preacher ever. It's not gonna happen. It's let it go. If you go back on YouTube, look at my, my old messages. You're like, wow, that kid's come a long way. <laughs> but here's what the beautiful thing that God works out. Those same people who mocked, those same people who insulted, those same people who had questions and disregarded, they were watching my life. This whole entire time, because now we're connected more than ever. Usually you used to like, you know, you separate from people, they're gone. But now we watch each other's lives through these lenses. And years would go by. I'm still in church, growing, not noticing that I'm growing, but it's happening. And then out of the blue, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, I get a message on Facebook. Can I talk to you? Same people who were mocking, I'm going through some things, man. And I don't, I don't know a lot about, you know, that God that you worship, but I, I, I want to know. And see, now because I spend time with God and I got to know his word, he's opened the door and the opportunity. But had I hid away what I was growing in and who I was becoming, and if I was worried about offending, and if I just would have settled for that commonplace life, I would have never got the opportunity to be able to deposit into those same very people who once mocked. We have to understand that the opportunities for us to become ministers of the gospel are all around us. The easiest people to minister are people you don't know. And we freak out about that. If I was like next week on Sunday, instead of us coming to church and us listening, we're all gonna go out and preach. 80% of you ain't coming to church that Sunday. <laughs> like, pff, oh, you know, we just had some crazy stuff happen. Like, you know, uh, like a plane fell on my house and like, a hurricane came, a hurricane in LA, really? We, fear would grip our hearts. And we don't have the honesty within ourselves to say, I'm afraid. Can I tell you, church, it's okay that you're afraid. That you're going to have to do it scared. 
You're going to have to trust the Holy Spirit. And that's how I know I'm doing what God called me to do. The moment I'm able to get up and go do the thing that God called me to do without his presence, then I'm doing the wrong thing. If you can do it on your own strength, it's not a God thing. It's a good thing, but it's not a God thing. I always want to be in the space where I'm doing the God thing. What I'm doing this day is the God thing. I have to trust fully in him to be able to do what I'm doing on a regular basis. And I remember as I, I, I would grow and I would start to get these messages and these words and a lot of them were like, you know, stabbing people in their spirit and they were like, Ugh. and I was like, oh, why do I have to preach these kind of messages? I don't wanna, God, why me? I remember having this prayer. This is a real prayer that I had. I used to ask God, God, why me? Now you would think something like divine would come, something my child, I have chosen you for such a time as this. Not at all. God replied, well, you don't have to. I'm giving you an opportunity. I can use anybody. And you don't have to do this if you don't want to. I'm giving you the choice to be a part of what I'm doing up on the earth. I'm leaving it up to you. I can use a donkey if I want to. The rocks will give me praise. I, I don't need you. So stop saying, why me, Max? You really wanna know why? You walk around and you ask about, God, what's my purpose? Why am I here? The only way for you to fully know what your purpose is is to abide by my will. So, I was like, man, why you gotta be so mean about it? Like, <laughs> just ask the question. That's how God talks to me. God is so firm with me every single time. I'm like, how come everybody always gets these nice things said back to them? Feel like I'm Moses and get all, hey, just go, go do what I told you to do. Shut up, pick up the stick. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not worried about being popular. And I'm thankful for leaders and pastors who deposited that into me because that was something I worried about for a long time is that, God, how do I communicate in a way to be, to be relevant that people will be excited and people will be engaged? And Pastor Eddie and Pastor Roxanne told me, like, you're not trying to be popular here. It doesn't matter. You're trying to be obedient. You're building a church. You're building warriors. And the truth is, and now that I think about it, our drill sergeants weren't the most popular human beings either. We can stand them. But they were building us to be warriors because we got to understand what the church is intended to do. The church is intended to destroy the gates of hell, that the gates of hell will not prevail. And the only way to do that is we operate in complete unity with the Great Commission. These were orders given to us by God. These were orders. Do this. This wasn't a request. Now I know 20 years ago, it was a lot easier to go door to door. Trust me out that 20 years ago was 2001. 20, 30, 40 years ago, it was easy to knock on doors. People had a, a lot more compassion or acceptance to the church. I get that. But we cannot let the shift in culture 
become an excuse for us not to be obedient. Culture is going to continually shift towards their own ideology. I don't know why that freaks out the Christian when it says it right there in the word. In the last days, in the later days, people are going to walk away from God. People aren't going to listen to wisdom. People are going to turn from God. People are going to persecute you. It's going to become more difficult. But for whatever reason, we hear what goes on in the world and we're like, well, maybe I don't evangelize anymore because you know, the world doesn't like it anymore. We are not concerned with the world likes or dislikes. We cannot think the way the world thinks. We cannot conform to the pattern of this world. In spite of the conditions around us, in spite of the difficulties and danger, in spite of every excuse we offer, the Great Commission still stands. God still expects us to carry his message into all the world. I know I'm not going to get all the way through this, but it's okay. I'm here for the next 13 weeks anyway. <laughs> so we got time. We need to ask this to ourselves this morning. Has the Great Commission become the great omission in our lives? Are we reluctant to share the gospel because we want to maintain these circles of influence that we have? Are we doing all we can to utilize the current platforms given to us? Although it has become more difficult to go door to door, we have more opportunity of expression than ever before. Right now, we're streaming into homes all across the world. I got people watching in Germany, people watching in Bulgaria, people watching in Fiji that are hearing the gospel all around the world. You have these platforms at your disposal as well. You can connect with people in a way like never before. Our church was able to survive one of the most difficult times in the modern era because of all these different platforms. But if we're only looking at what we can consume for ourselves and make our lives easier, we will find ourselves outside of the will of God. And I don't think there's anybody in here who wants to live a life that's outside the will of God. Don't you want to see that purpose that God has for your life? Don't you want to see what God wants to work through your life? You may not believe it within yourself that you are capable of being used by God because of your past, because of your upbringing, because of your education because of your financial status, because of you know, problems you've had in your family, mistakes that you've made, you begin to disqualify yourself rather than trusting in God and allowing yourself to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We have a divine mandate to go. To go, that's for all of us, go. Go as you walk past people every single day. You're, you're already going into all the world. It doesn't require a mission trip. You're like, I cannot wait for us to go on a mission trip. Then I'll go. When you walk out these doors, you are going. When you get up in the morning and you're heading to work, you are going. 
You are already going into all the world. And in these places, we take territory back from the enemy. We pray over our co-workers. We lift them up. We encourage them. And we empower them. We live a life that is so bright and filled with the love of God. They have no choice but to come and say, who, who are you? Did you know that you can witness to people just by living according to the word of God and letting your light shine brightly? That's, that's what draws people in. Like there's, there's something about them. We were called to be salt and light. And when you think about salt, salt makes people thirst. It makes people thirst. And what people will thirst for by you being the salt, they're going to thirst for Jesus. I, I want what they have. I want the relationship that they have. I see this light and I can't deny, I can't resist, I can't not see it. Every workplace should be better if a Christian's in it. It should be empowered because the Christian's in it. It should be blessed because the Christian's in it. It should be a loving environment because the Christian's in it. And you don't have to be the leader to have influence. You don't have to be the CEO or the owner or the manager or the director to be able to have influence and impact. From whatever role that you're in and that you play, you can have influence up, influence down, and influence all around. If you choose to live a life that is obedient to the Word of God. See, what we've done is we've allowed culture to convince us that Christianity is wrong in all these spaces. We've secretly allowed that thought to get inside of our head. That, oh, no, no, that's, we can't do, oh, don't, don't do this inside of places because that, that's bad and it makes people feel weird. It's supposed to make people feel a certain way. That weird feeling that they have, that's called love. That's called genuine love. See, we're used to the superficial love and when the real thing begins to happen, you don't know why you start acting weird. You don't know why you're like, well, why does this feel so different? Because it's the real thing. Allow your lifestyle to minister. Allow your lifestyle to be able to open the door for the word of God to be communicated. Allow the word of God to be built up so much inside of you that it flows. You don't have to go to people and quote scripture to be able to witness to them. Paul went and he shared his testimony of what Jesus did in his life and people were changed and transformed because of that. Go tell people what God has done. We are called to be his witnesses. And every one of us in this room who's accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, you are a witness of the love of God. You are a witness of the miracles of God. You are a witness of the power of God. The only way to be a witness is to testify. So church, will you allow yourself to fulfill the Great Commission? Will you allow yourself to walk in faith to walk boldly and stand firm on God's word, which is the truth that we all know. We are done compromising with the world. We are done contending for popularity, for fame, for public recognition. We lay it all down and we step fully into the will of God. Amen. 
Amen. Let's pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, I just want to say in this moment, maybe this is all new to you. Maybe you've never accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. And you're, you're hearing something inside of your heart for the very first time. And it doesn't make sense. You don't understand it. But you're, you're here today not by accident, but by divine appointment. That the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. And he's letting you know that he loves you. That the Father, God, loves you. That he sent his one begotten son, Jesus, to be with you. He sent this one son, Jesus, to set you free from your sin. He sent the son, Jesus, who died upon the cross to wash away all your sins and all your transgressions. And then he resurrected from the grave. He sent this Holy Spirit to empower you. Every single one of us has been gifted with, by the Holy Spirit. The Father, with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, we give you thanks for setting us free from our sin. Thank you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Father, today we repent. We turn away from our old ways of living life. We thank you for the opportunity to repent that you gave us a chance at life again. So Father, now we turn towards you to be completely obedient to you, to be completely surrendered to you, to completely love you, to completely accept you, to fulfill your will with our lives here upon the earth. Father, in our times of fear, in our times of worry, in our times of doubt, may you fill our hearts that we're able to go into all the world and preach your love and your message to all those in need. Father, we pray for the confidence to be able to walk out in faith. You told your son Joshua, be strong, be courageous, be strong, be courageous, be strong, be courageous. We take those words to heart and we live by them. That when we step from this place, we will be strong and we will be courageous and we will fulfill your great commission. Father, we give you all the honor and all the praise and all of God's people in one loud voice said, amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise. Stand to your feet. We're going to sing a song of worship. Hallelujah.
on, give God some praise. It's okay to scream, it's okay to shout. It's football season, you gotta do it anyway. Let me catch you coming here with a hoarse voice because you was at a college game. I know we got a lot of alumni in this place. Listen, God can use you just where you're at right now. It is simple obedience. Simple obedience. God has gifted you and placed you in a specific place to be used right now. You're not going to do it like I do it. You're not going to do it like Pastor Eddie. I don't do it like Pastor Eddie. Do not be concerned with I'm not like them. God wants you to be you. That's why he made you you. If you wanted copies, you would have made multiple maxes. Nobody wants that. <laughs> but allow yourself to trust fully in the empowerment by the Holy Spirit. Father, I just pray over our church here today that as they leave this place, they understand that you are commissioning them to go into all the world. Every single one of their lives has a testimony of your work being done through it. Your power, your love, your mercy, your grace is written upon our lives. Father, I pray for a releasing to happen inside of their spirit where they're no longer held captive by fear. They're no longer held captive by, by these thoughts that say you can't, you shouldn't, don't do it. But they're able to step boldly out in faith. Father, I pray for a hedge of protection over their spirit. That at any time their spirit begins to feel fear, that your Holy Spirit will empower them and encourage them to continue to move forward in faith. Thank you for your great commission. We give you all the honor and all the praise. And everyone said, amen. Come on, have a blessed and wonderful week. If you're new here, please connect with our VIP team outside. We love you. We'll see you next time.